It's such an honor to be here today. Standing in this pulpit is such a heavy weight when you have a pastor like we have that is here every week and can wake up out of his sleep and come preach the greatest sermon we've ever heard in our life. And I get a few days to try to put together something, but I know the Lord is with me today, and I believe he has a word for us, church. Amen. So if you have your Bibles, you can go to the book of Psalms, Psalm 107. I know Pastor last week said he was getting you out to make it to the buffet before the Baptist. But it's not even 11 o'clock yet. So we're going to make it there even earlier today, I do believe. Psalm 107. My wife is leading kids ministry today, so she will kill me if I go too long, and I won't be able to go back home today. So I'm going to stay focused on what the Lord has given me and try my best not to ramble today. Psalm 107, beginning at verse 28. When you have it, say amen. Amen. Psalm 107, verse 28 says, Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. Anybody thankful you can cry out to the Lord when trouble comes swirling? And he brought them out of their distress. He stilled the storm to a whisper. The waves of the sea were hushed. They were glad when it grew calm, and he guided them to their desired haven. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love. I'm just going to read it for my own benefit one more time. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he brought them out of their distress. I'm just reminding myself of all the times he's brought me out of my distress. And he stilled the storm to a whisper. The waves of the sea were hushed, and they were glad when it grew calm, and he guided them to the desired haven. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love. I came prepared today. I brought a thank you card, and I'm ready to put the stamp on this card and say thank you to the storm. I know we don't always like the storm, and the storm gets wild and crazy, but today I came to say, thank you, Lord, for the storm. Thank you for the storm. You say, Pastor Chris, you done lost your ever-loving mind. You're saying, thank you for the storm. 2020's done got to your head and done messed you up, but I'm still shouting, thank you for the storm today, because in the storm, as Pastor Josh said, I realize he is with me to the ends of the age. When the storm comes, it's a significant sign that there is a shift in the atmosphere. And can I tell someone today who's been going through a storm, I don't know how big your storm's been. If it's been a little storm, then just a little praise will do. But if you find yourself in a big storm today, can I tell you the goodness of the Lord is flooding in, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. And so I just came to give an advance praise today and say thank you Lord for the storm thank you for the storm because I realize you're with me everywhere
I go, I realize that greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. I realize I can survive the storm, not on my own strength, but because he holds me by his right hand. And today, I didn't come to whine and complain. I didn't come to say, woe is me. But on this Labor Day weekend, at the beginning of the fourth quarter of 2020, it's going to be the best quarter of 2020. And I'm going to see the greatest glory and the greatest victory. And I'm just going to go ahead and shout before the final buzzer and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the storm. Excuse me, I don't holler like that. Thank you for the storm. Don't whine about the storm. Don't complain, woe is me in the middle of the storm. Transition is coming. And the light is invading the darkness. And the darkness can't handle the light that is coming. But I stand to say, I'm going to see victory after this storm. How do I know that? Because every storm that comes, the sun always shines after the storm. The storm don't stay forever. But I see the sun shine bright after the storm. And I know the storm is dark and the thunder is rumbling and the lightning is flashing. But the sun is invading through and it's gonna shine brighter than ever before. So my eyes are not on the storm, but they're looking ahead to the author and the finisher of my faith. And I know he's with me to the end of the age. And so I'm gonna say thank you for the storm. Would you pray with me, Father? Today we say thank you in the middle of the craziest year of our lives, we stand and say thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I ask for you to free, breathe breath, fresh breath on this word. Holy Spirit, let your word go forth today. Let it not be my words. But Father, speak to every individual in this room. Speak specifically to the specific storm they find themselves in today. And let them know they will come out. They will come out. And they will stand strong because you are with them. And God, I thank you the storm is not just meant to destroy things, but it's bringing in new things. And so we praise you for the new things that are being blown in by the storm today. Thank you for the fresh seeds that are popping up in this season, God. Thank you for removing the things that no longer need to be and shining your light on the new things to come. And so we stand today and say thank you for the storm in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen, amen. Would you turn and look at somebody, give them a wink, uh, throw them an elbow, act like you're going to touch their fist, but don't, and tell them, you look good this weekend. 
hope you wore your uh, white today because my wife informed me you don't wear white after Labor Day. Not sure where that comes from, but whatever. So there you go. Storms. I don't know if you're like me, uh, but I like storms. I grew up in um, Arkansas. Don't hold that against me. And um, we lived very flat. I mean, you could see forever and a day away. So you could see the storms rolling in an hour before they would ever get to you. You know, so we were all storm experts in my neck of the woods. You know, we, we can, um, ah, we can still grill that steak and we'll be fine, be fine. Good to go. Storm comes, my mom is uh, gathering all the pillows and all the blankets and throwing them in the bathtub. I don't know what it is about a bathtub, but that is the safest place to be in a storm because we were there every time in the bathtub. But when she was doing that, me and my dad would be outside with the scanner with our hat on, standing there watching that storm. And I can remember one night in particular watching the funnel cloud go right over the house and going, yep, there it goes, right there. Not in knowing. If that come down, we were dead in our tracks, but we're just standing there. There it goes, right there. Look at it. Why would you look at it? There's the storm. And I can remember being in school. Springtime was always heavy for storms where we were. I can remember middle school years in particular. I had uh, language arts in sixth hour. I hated language arts. I hated reading. I hated writing the essays. And there became one particular week we were going to have this huge essay test. But the Lord moved on our behalf that day because he sent a storm to Gosnell, Arkansas. And the tornado sirens started going off. And they sent us all at sixth hour into the hallway with our textbook, and we sat down in the hall, and we squished up in a ball, and we put the book on our head, knowing it wasn't going to do a thing for us if that building come down, but we were going to sit there, and this would be our last instant on earth with a book on our head sitting there. But we knew where we were. The Mississippi River was 20 miles from us, and it, the storm was attracted to that, and it would skip over us, and then that water would suck it, and it would go. So nothing happened, and I just stood up in that moment and said, thank you for the storm, because I didn't have to take that essay test that day. The next week rolls around. She's going to make up the test that we missed, but like those storms do in the spring, they just run on a cycle, and it seemed like every Thursday for three weeks, woo! I was like, thank you, Lord, for the storm. And here we would go. I don't know if we ever took that test, but I remember being grateful for that time. Now, I don't make light of storms. Storms do a lot of destruction. You can see on the screen, destruction that storms bring. Tornadoes bring massive destruction and takes only an instant for things to be destroyed. 
Hurricanes coming through in this season bring lots of destruction. Lots of storm surge hits the coast and destroys things. It's not a pretty sight. It's a scary time. I know I make light of having fun in the middle of a storm, but it is a time that you do realize what is truly important to me in this moment and what is not really important to me in this moment. Because I can remember when you thought the house was going to be destroyed, You weren't trying to gather all your favorite clothes and favorite shoes. You were just making sure you had your family together in that moment. And in those moments, the storm lets us know what's most important in our life. But even though a storm brings great destruction, after a storm, this spring here in Chattanooga, after the tornadoes, you see the most beautiful thing happen. You see people from all walks of life come together to help rebuild a community. I was standing out in communities, handing out food, and working alongside people I had never met in my life. But we didn't care where we came from. All we cared about was being together and helping one another. Every other time of the year, we'll fight and argue with one another. And it seems like it always takes a storm for us to hush up the arguing and come together and do what the Lord has called us to do. Because after a storm, even non-believers will step up and try to be good to their neighbor. It takes them showing us we've got to come together in the middle of a storm. But there's also natural positive effects because of a storm. A hurricane can come in and bring much needed rain to a dry, barren area a place that is on drought, everything drying up. And although the storm is massive and is is ferocious, the rain is much needed and comes down in your dry place and springs up new life. The wind of that storm will push seedlings to places they would never make it and allow fresh plant life to spring up in a place that would have never made it without the storm. When snow comes and Lord, I'm praying for the biggest snowstorm. If 2020's done all this, let 10 feet of snow come down this winter. 10% is happy, and 90% are rebuking me right now in the name of Jesus. I am already making preparations for the snowstorm that is coming. I have the boys go-kart ready. I have the rope and the tube ready to tie behind it. I've got chains ready to go on them tires so that thing will run through three feet of snow and we're going to have a blast. But when that snow comes, it acts as an insulator over the soil. It's like a blanket that keeps the soil from freezing down so deep so that your garden can produce new life in the spring and not die away all the seeds that are in the ground. And it brings moisture as well. When a thunderstorm comes and the lightning strikes and you jump and scream and holler, just know that that lightning strike is sending nitrogen into the ground to help it produce and be fertile, even in dry seasons. So even though the storm looks ugly, positive things 
are happening. And can I tell you, the storms in your life today may seem ugly and scary, but can I tell you, even in the worst storm, God is working on your behalf. He is working on your behalf in every dry season you find yourself in. And all you can see is the wind and the noise of the storm, but fresh rain is falling on you in this season. And the wind is blowing new life into your family in this season. Jobs you would have never had an opportunity for. The storms of this day are opening up doors that would have never been open to you and pushing you into a place you never would have thought you'd find yourself in. And that's why we say thank you for the storm. Three things I want to share with you. Three reasons why you and I can say thank you for the storms of life, not just the natural storms, but three reasons you and I can say thank you for the storms of life. Number one, I'm thankful because the storm will get me off the wrong boat that I find myself in. I'm thankful that the storm pushed me off the wrong boat that was taking me the wrong direction in life. You look at Jonah in the Old Testament. God speaks to him, gives him a specific duty to go and speak to Nineveh and tell them to repent, and he refuses to do what God has called him to do. There are many people in our churches in 2020, and there are many churches sitting back saying, I don't know if this is our year to do what God has called us to do. Maybe we'll just put that in the file folder and pull that out in 2025 and hope everything's okay. But right in the middle of the storm, God's desires and decisions for you have not changed. He was not caught by surprise when 2020 showed up in our life, and he still desires for you to go and do what he's called you to do. But just like Jonah, many of us step back and say, I don't know if that's for me right now. And Jonah didn't just want to get a little bit away from God. He decided, I'm going to go the furthest place I can go from where he wants me to be. And he gets on the boat to Tarshish, and he says, I am getting away and he is on that boat. And many of you have been on a journey going in the wrong direction that God wants you to go. But you think in this moment you've got everything worked out. And I can turn around and go back to God when I get ready or when I get older. But God in his goodness and his mercy will not let you continue going the wrong direction. Because in Jonah chapter 1, it tells us that God stirred up a whirlwind. That sometimes even God will send a storm on your behalf. We love to shout that goodness and mercy follow us all all the days of our life. But can I tell you, sometimes goodness and mercy looks like a big storm coming our way to knock you off the boat that you're not supposed to be on and get you going back the direction you're supposed to be going. Jonah's in this mess because of an impulse. In his haste, in the emotion of the moment, he says, I don't want to do this. And instead of stopping, and realizing this is God speaking to me. And God has always been faithful to me. And if God says it, 
it will be so. But in the emotion and the hype of the moment, he makes an impulse and says, "Uh uh-uh, and goes the other way. Can I tell you, 2020 gets messier and messier because of impulse by people like you and me. Instead of us going to this book and walking in our prayer closet to say, God, what are you saying in this moment? We pick up our phone and we think Twitter's going to fix it all. And we put a tweet out on impulse. And instead of bringing people together, we split them apart even farther. And then we look at our neighbor and we act on impulse and we say, I don't like you. And even families going at one another on impulse. Can I tell you, it's time to take a pause and realize, you know what? I'm in this storm because I'm not going the way God wants me to go, and it's time to get off the boat. Can I tell you, I'm thankful today. I didn't stay on the boat taking me to death and destruction, but I knew as scary as it was, I can't stay on this boat any longer. And I stepped off the boat and it was messy and it was scary, but I stand here today saying, God, thank you for the storm that took me off the wrong boat. In the middle of that storm, The other sailors and the captain of that boat don't even believe in God, but they know there's a higher power. And that storm is getting worse and worse. And these non-believers are up there praying to anything, asking for help. They're praying to to the box at the end of the boat. Come on, box, open up and let a genie come out and stop this storm. They're looking up at the clouds, the, the God of the clouds. Would you please stop this storm? They're, they're trying everything they know to do. And Jonah, the cause of this storm, is in the middle of the boat, sound asleep. How could he sleep at a time like this? How could he sleep in a moment he knows he is going directly the wrong way that God wants him to go? But so many people are sitting in our churches, hiding in places where they know they won't be seen as well, sleeping, knowing they're on the wrong path. They're sleeping, saying, ah, everything's going to be okay. They're sleeping, thinking, I'm doing the right thing. I'm okay with God. And the storm keeps getting bigger and bigger. Can I tell you? Yes, you may think, oh, I I praise God when I come into church on Sunday. Yeah, you can scream in your sleep too. And yeah, you say, oh, I walk with the Lord. I walk in 1908 Bailey Avenue, or I walk in 2329 Clearwater Road, or I walk into church in Uruguay or Bulgaria every Sunday, and I sleepwalk too. Yeah, we can do a lot of things in our sleep. And can I tell you, God has whirled up a storm trying to wake his church up. Can I tell you, church? It's time to wake up in this hour. We have gone through three quarters of 2020, and I'm not going to sit back and let 2020 end in disaster and destruction. There is a living church sitting here in the heart of Chattanooga. There is a church sitting in the heart of Athens. It's time for the church to wake up and say, this is not the way we're going. We're going to turn back to Jesus, and it's time to get off this boat. If God's ever thrown you off the wrong boat, can you just give him a praise today and thank him that you're not on that journey anymore? 
Come on, I don't know what journey you found yourself in. Divorce was imminent and about to happen. The drugs were about to take over. Your kids were going crazy. But God came in and you stepped off the boat and he turned it all around. I'm thankful for that today. Can I just tell a mom or a dad today, don't worry about your kids any longer. Put them at the feet of Jesus. I know the storm around them is crazy right now, but can you just trust that God is working in that storm and he's going to take them off that wrong boat and he's going to bring them back home to him. He hears your prayers. Don't try to fight with them on the telephone. Just war over them in the prayer closet and know that God is pushing them off the boat. Look at your neighbor and say, get off the wrong boat. I'm thankful for the storm. Not only am I thankful that it gets me off the wrong boat, but I'm thankful that the storm brings Jesus closer to me than ever before. Matthew 14, we find the disciples after a great miracle the feeding of the 5,000, massive crowd. They saw two fish and five loaves of bread feed more than 5,000 people, and there were still leftovers for Sunday afternoon lunch. And Jesus sends them on their way, and they get in a boat on the Sea of Galilee, and the Sea of Galilee is known to have storms whip up out of nowhere. And they're in the middle of the sea, in the middle of the night, and a huge storm comes up. And the word says in Matthew 14 that the disciples were worn out from trying to row through the storm. There's a lot of worn out people today trying to row through 2020 trying to row through this job that is just draining the energy out of you. And we just keep trying to row, row, row in our own strength, and we are worn out. And they begin to argue with one another, saying, we're not going to make it. We're going to die. He sent us out here to die. But in the middle of chaos, Jesus comes walking on the water. Now, the disciples... We're so freaked out by this, I don't know how I would react seeing a man walk on the water in the middle of the night and thinking I'm about to drown. I, this could be that Loch Ness sea monster that they talk about. I have no clue what would be in my head at that moment. But they are fearful and afraid, and they cry out in terror. And he says, do not be afraid, it is I. Even in a storm. Jesus is there. You may say, this looks like nothing I've ever seen before. This looks like no church service I have ever been in before. 2020 looks like no year I have ever been in before. But Jesus is standing, not in the storm, but above the storm, right there with you. And Peter says, if it is you, call me out there with you. Because Peter knew I'm worn out and I can't fight this storm by myself. But if he's walking above the storm, I want to be there with him. And he steps out 
of the boat and is walking on the water with Jesus. Can I tell you in this hour, we need not pay attention to the wind and the waves of the storm. Don't be pulled to one side or the other. Well, we got to stand with this person because they stand for this. Or we got to stand with this person because they stand for this. I stand right here in the middle above the storm, above the chaos with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and I'm standing with him victorious, and I'm keeping my eyes on him. But Peter begins to look at the wind and the waves and begins to sink in the middle of it. And can I tell you, this 2020 storm is trying to sink the church in this hour. But Jesus is saying, just come to me. Just cry out to me. And we're going to see victory in this hour. And Peter cried out to him in his despair. And immediately Jesus pulled him up. And he didn't look at him and say, it's okay. The first thing Jesus says, Peter on the brink of death. Coming up gasping for air. Thankful he's standing there. And Jesus looks him in the eye and says, you of little faith. He called him little faith right there in front of his friends and all his close confidants. And they walk back to the boat. And Jesus gets in the boat and says, why did you doubt? Can I tell you, don't doubt God in September of 2020. Don't doubt God because January, February, and March were terrible months. And because April, May, and June, and July, and August got even worse. Don't doubt God in September. He's still standing above the storm. And he's still waiting to be invited on your boat. Can I say the doors of redemption to the nations are open to the King of Kings. And we say, come in, King of glory. You're welcome on our boat. We don't want to be on a boat without you. I don't want to be in a storm without you. I stand here saying, I need a Savior in this moment. Jesus is there with you in the middle of the storm. So not only does the storm get you off the wrong boat, not only does the storm bring you closer to Jesus, but the storm will sweep in a fresh healing and glory like never before. Can I tell you in this storm that God is washing up a fresh wave of healing on your shore. That fresh glory is washing up on the banks of your home in this hour. When I flip over to Acts chapter 27, I find Paul, a prisoner, on a boat headed to Rome. And they sit in these waters and a storm comes. And the storm is so bad that they have to wrap chains around the big ship to keep it from busting apart. And they stop in a little bitty town. And it's getting close to winter. And they have a choice to make. We stay docked in this town till storm season is over. And there's nothing in this town. Not even a good fish house to go eat at. I don't want to stay here all winter. And Paul looks at them and says, I perceive... Now get this, you're a captain of a ship, and one of the prisoners look at you and say, I perceive we should not go any further or we will die. And the captain, in his arrogance, says, don't listen to him, we're going. They had a calm wind day, and they said, this is our 
window of opportunity to step out. And so they begin to go, and the storm grew worse and worse, so much so it says it was a hurricane nor'easter that came through on top of them. And they're in the middle of the sea, in the middle of this hurricane, and it is just gaining strength and more strength and more strength. And it gets to where they can't even control the boat, and they just have to let go and ride with the storm. And they are riding it out, and they drop four anchors, and the sailors start to drop a lifeboat and say, we're leaving these prisoners and we're getting out of here. But an angel of the Lord came to Paul and said, not one of you will die in this storm. And Paul looked at the captain and said, the angel of the Lord has come to me. And he said that not one of us would die. And I'm telling you, those men should not leave this boat. We all have to stay on this ship through the end of the storm. Can I tell you not to grow weary in this hour? Stay close and know that God is with you and that not one hair off your head shall be destroyed and that you will be victorious in this storm. And they hung on. And so they just dropped four anchors, and they kept dropping weight off the boat. But the storm kept growing stronger and stronger and stronger. And they decided, we got to get out of here. And so they were just going to kill the prisoners in that moment because they said, we're taking care of our own selves, and if we let those prisoners escape, we're going to die anyway. But the captain of the boat had favor on Paul, a prisoner on that boat. Can I tell you, even if you find yourself feeling in prison in this hour, the favor of the Lord can't can't be stopped by the works of the enemy. That darkness cannot trap you from what God has ready to release to you. Just hang on to him. And the captain said, we're not killing any of them. We're all going through this together. And so they come up with a heroic plan. They said, we're going to crash the boat. That sounds like a plan I would have. Not a captain of a boat. But we're going to crash this boat, and we're going to survive. I can remember being out in the ocean one summer with one of those little raft boats. You know what I'm talking about? You go buy at the little beach store over there for $15, a little plastic paddle. And I decided to take that little thing all the way out to the sandbars one day. I said, I'm going out on an adventure. So there I am, two times too big for this boat already. And I am in that boat paddling away. And the waves get bigger and bigger as you get closer to the sandbarge. I don't know if you know this or not, if you've ever been out there. But I've been out there once, and I won't go out there again. But I was out there rowing in this, and the waves kept getting bigger and bigger. I'm in this little raft, and I'm seeing waves as tall as those lights up there staring me in the face. And I'm thinking... I'm going to die out here. And I look back and cannot see my family at the beach shore, and I am just trying to row and get back. And finally, I made it over the wave. And there on the sandbar, and it was a lot calmer right there, waves crashing on both sides, but I could stand on the ground there. And I was out there, and I thought, I've got to get back. But these guys can hear the waves crashing the sandbar. And they can't see it, but they're listening and counting 
the distance between the waves crashing, and they know how close they're getting. And so they decide, Paul brings them together, just like you and I did today in church service. And he breaks bread and blesses it and says, boys, you haven't eaten anything for 14 days, but it's time to eat and get prepared for the journey because we're going to survive this storm. And he took bread and he broke it and blessed it and passed it around, and they ate together, knowing that God was going to be faithful. And it says that they crashed the boat into the sand barge, and the bow of the boat bend and broke, and the ship came torn to pieces. And they swam to safety and come across this island. This island, there's no way they would have been to this island had they gone the journey they planned. But the storm pushed them. Acts 27 tells you down there about midways that the Lord said, when the angel of the Lord spoke to Paul, he says, we won't die, but we must go to a certain island, a certain island. Can I tell you, some of you are sitting on the banks and the storm is crashing in and you're thinking nobody knows where you are. God doesn't even see you where you are. But can I tell you, he is washing up healing and glory up on the shore in the middle of the storm because Paul and the rest of that boat crew swam up on the banks of the river of Malta. And Malta means refuge. And in the middle of the storm, God sent refuge to Paul and the other prisoners and the crew on that boat. LeBron, I'm wrapping up. If you can help me wander down. And they wipe up on this island of refuge. And the Romans described the people on the island of Malta as barbarians. Because the Romans and the Greeks considered anybody that wasn't them to be barbarians. But these so-called barbarians welcomed these prisoners to their island. And they began to feed them. And they began to build a fire on that island. Can I tell you, the, the storm wasn't over. The rain was crashing down. It was winter. They were freezing to death. And God didn't just sweep them up on that shore to freeze to death and die there. He swept them up to find refuge in the middle of the storm. And they were on that storm, on that bank, and they began to build a fire. Can I tell you, in the middle of the storm, just keep building the fire. In the middle of your home, the darkest moments of your life, keep building a fire. And Paul, he didn't sit back and watch those people build the fire for him. He says, bless God, I'm going to help them. So he gets some sticks and some wood, and he brings it to put on the fire. And as he goes to drop that wood in the fire, a viper lay dormant in the middle of those sticks. And when the viper felt the heat of the fire, it lashed out and latched on to Paul. He, the Bible does not say, he screamed like a girl like Pastor Chris would. It doesn't say he fainted because of terror and fear. It doesn't even say he ran in circles. Paul stood there. Long enough for the whole island to see this viper hanging on his hand. Like it was show and tell time in the middle of the storm. He's holding 
this viper latched on, latched, fastened, one version says, fastened to his hand. And it says all he did was shake it off in the fire. Just shook it off. Something rose up in me when I read that this week. That this storm and the fire you've been building in your home has the enemy ready to lash out. And he is lashing out his nasty fangs more than ever before. We see it on every TV channel. We see it on every street we ride down. We see it in our schools. We see it in our communities. The enemy is not happy, and he's trying to stop the move of God coming to you. But can I tell you, just shake him off in the fire that's in your home. Just shake him off. He can't survive the glory that's rising up in this hour. Shake off the snake of fear. Shake off worry and doubt. Shake off sickness and let it burn in the fire of his glory. Just shake it off. Quit crying about it. You've held on to that viper of Fear, worry, and doubt, and destruction long enough. Just shake it off. After that moment, you see the people on that island, when that snake fastened onto him, they immediately jumped to the conclusion, he's an evil man. He's a bad man. And the gods are not going to let him live. That's just like America today. We see something come out in the news, and we just jump to the conclusion. Yep, stay away from them. They're bad people. Stay away from them. Oh, they did this. I'm not going near them. Stay away from them. Nope, I don't have time for them. Just jump to conclusions. But you watch. Be careful. Be careful of the people you talk bad about. Because when they shake off that attack of the enemy, because when God gets a hold of them and they realize, I don't have to carry this around any longer, and they shake it off, you're going to see a turnaround in their life. Some people have written off America and said, we're doomed, this is over. But can I tell you, America's going to rise up, and we're going to shake off this thing, and we're going to see the King of glory risen up, and he's going to be high and lifted up in this hour, and a freedom and a fresh wave of healing is going to flow over this country. I speak it now in the midst of chaos that peace is coming to America. I speak freedom and liberty is coming to America. I speak revival's coming to to America. We're going to shake it off. We're going to shake off the enemy. So then they went from calling him an evil man. Oh, he's a God. He is a God. Oh, Paul, wow. He says, I'm not a God, but I serve the God, and he is with me. And they take him to the governor of the island. And the governor's dad is lying sick with a fever and on the brink of death. Paul doesn't walk in there 
as a physician trying to give medical advice. But he walks in that room as an apostle of the king of kings and says, under his authority, I come to bring healing in this room. He would have never been in that room had he not been on that ship as a prisoner. He would have never been in that room if they'd have killed him on that boat. He would have never been in that room if he hadn't had the courage to speak up to the captain and say, every one of us got to stay on this boat. But the storm washed him up on the island of refuge for him to bring healing to that island. And he walked in there and he laid his hands. The very thing the enemy tried to attack. He used it and God turned it for his good. And he placed his hands on that man and instantly he was healed and made whole. Can I tell you, wherever the enemy is attacking you the hardest, God is about to use it for your greatest victory. He may be attacking your kids really hard right now, but they're about to be the greatest missionaries, the greatest pastors, the greatest evangelists this world has ever seen. He may be attacking you on your job hard and heavy right now, but can I tell you, doors are about to swing open, and those that curse you on the job, you're about to be over them and the job. God's about to raise you up. Just shake it off and use it for the glory of God. And after that moment, you can stand with me. It wasn't just that man that was healed, but every person on the island that was sick came before him and God healed them all. Every last one of them on the island of refuge were brought healing, not because it was designated for them to be there that day, but because the greatest storm that came through that area, a nor'easter that lasted more than 14 days, blew up a ship of prisoners on their island, and God healed their island. Be careful not to curse what God is washing up your shore in this storm because it could be the very answer you've been praying for. God, help us not to curse our leaders. God, help us not to curse authority. We speak against the enemy of darkness. We speak against the enemy of injustice. We speak against the enemy of poverty. But we will not curse what you call blessed. I'm thankful for the storm. My mind is flooded with memories right now. I talk about them all the time, but I'm going to do it again because it blesses my soul when I do it. But when my boys were born, that was not the day, what the day was supposed to look like. That was one of the greatest storms I've gone through in my life. But it made my faith rise up greater than ever before. If I'd have never seen God work in my boy's life and help them live and not just survive but thrive, I wouldn't have the faith in me today that I do to believe for his healing power. 
I know the storms me and my wife have gone through over these 12 years of marriage, and I know he's brought us through every storm and brought us closer together than ever before because we had to shake off the enemy who was trying to come in and split and destroy. I've seen him move on my family's life, and I've seen us shake it off. Can I tell you, just keep building the fire. Just keep building the fire. And know the storm is bringing healing and glory to you in this hour. Can you just lift your hands and worship him right now? Come on, there in Athens, can you just lift your hands and worship him right now? Come on, can you just begin to thank him for the storm right now? Just confuse the enemy in this hour right now. He thinks he's got us whooped. He's already count, doing the 10 count on us. But it's the fourth quarter, and we're going to say, God, we thank you for the storm. And we're about to see a great victory here at the end of 2020. Come on, can you just thank him right now? Come on, open your mouth and just let a praise come out. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Whoa. Come on, let your praise be louder than the storm right now. Come on, let that praise rise up louder than the wind and the waves of the storm. Come on, let a praise storm break out right now. Right here in the middle of Chattanooga, let the glory of the Lord flood in and cover this area. Right there in Athens, Tennessee, let the glory of the Lord invade. Heads bowed and eyes closed here and in Athens. Maybe you find yourself sitting on the wrong boat today. And you've been rebuking the storm when the storm is the very thing that came to save your life. May the Holy Spirit pull the blinders off your eyes and ears today. I bind the enemy who comes to distract and blind and distort what it is God's ready to do in your life. May the truth of his word bring fresh revelation to your heart right now. And may you have the courage and boldness to step off that boat today. You say, I've been rebuking the very thing that came to save my life. And I'm tired of living in this storm. But today I realize I'm thankful for that storm because it's given me the opportunity once again to turn back to him. And if you'd say today, Pastor Chris, I'm ready to surrender my life to him. Just as Jonah said, just toss me off this boat. As soon as he was tossed off the boat, the storm immediately stopped. The only thing that's going to stop this storm is if you step off the boat. You'd say, I'm ready to surrender my life to Jesus. I'm tired of the storm of the drugs. I'm tired of the storm of the anger. 
I'm tired of the storms in my life that I keep trying to fix on my own, and I'm ready to surrender my life to him today. If that's you with heads bowed, eyes closed, here and in Athens, would you just lift up your hand and say, Pastor Chris, pray for me today. Pastor Chris, just pray for me today. Yes, I see those hands. Yes, I see hands going up all over every section I look in. I'm seeing hands up right there in Athens. Lift your hands as well. Come on, just lift both those hands up right there. Can everyone just lift up your hands as a sign of surrender today? In just a moment, in just a moment, we're going to dismiss and when we dismiss, I don't want you to walk out those doors. But if you lifted your hands and you're serious about stepping off the boat, quit going the same direction and walking out of here with the same mess each and every week. And I want you to walk down front to this altar. And pastors and altar team is going to be here to meet you and pray with you today. Can we all pray this prayer together? Say, dear Lord, thank you for the storm to rescue me, I realize it's your goodness and your mercy that will not let me continue to go in a way of destruction. I surrender my life to you today, asking you to forgive me, to cleanse me, to wash me clean and make me brand new. Father, I surrender my life to you. You are the captain of my life, and I will follow you all the days of my life, and I will see a victory after this storm in Jesus' mighty name. Now, there are some of you in here that are worn out by the storms in your life, and staff pastors and elders and leaders are here to agree with you in prayer today. I don't want you to walk out of here weighted down. But we're walking out of here free, knowing that the storm is bringing healing and glory, fresh glory to our lives today. We want to agree with you in prayer today. I'm going to pray, and then they're going to dismiss you from the back to the front. And if you prayed that prayer or you should have prayed that prayer and you need someone to agree with you in prayer, we will meet you in this altar today. And the worship team's going to worship and we're going to go out of here in victory today. Can you lift your hands all over this room? Father, we thank you for the storm. We say thank you for the storm. Thank you that you've pushed us off the wrong boat. Thank you that you've come closer to us in the storm. Thank you that healing and a new glory is washing up on the banks of our shore today. And God, we surrender our lives to you, and we will keep our eyes fixed on you, not on the wind and not on the waves, but we're going to walk above it all with the King of glory today. And we give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' mighty name. Can you give him a victorious shout and a victorious praise today? As you're dismissed, you can put your offering in the giving boxes. And if you need prayer today, altar team, come forward. And if you need prayer, we want to agree with you in prayer today. God bless you. Have a great week. We'll see you Wednesday night, 7 o'clock for midweek service.